0: Go to CloudOptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's CloudOptimizer.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like
1: a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you.
0: Wilson, go into the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking into zone wide open. Touchdown. First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space. Oh, Slips oh, a tackle. And there he goes. Crowder. It's a
1: foot race. And Crowder is in there. A 69 yard
0: touchdown. Hill hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's... <laughs> Thank
1: you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One, and we're going to recap the Jets' loss in week number one to the Carolina Panthers on the road in Carolina. 1914, they fall to their old friends Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, and so to break everything down and then of course add the latest news and everything that came out of the locker room after the game, our friend who covers the jets for North com, Mr. Andy Vasquez, Andy, what's going on, man. What was it like a hundred degrees down there today?
0: You know, you know, I, to be honest with you, wasn't that bad. I think it was about 80. I think it may have been, it may have been feeling a little bit more on the field because they got that new turf here in Carolina. Um, But no, it was a very pleasant day. Been a very pleasant, nice trip down here in Charlotte. Um, I don't think it was a shocking result, but it was definitely an interesting game. And I think it could have gone, it looked in the first half like it was going to go a lot worse for the Jets. Um, I I wouldn't be super pumped after this game, but also I think there was a lot there that you can feel good about if you're a Jets fan and, and a lot you can be frustrated about as well. And I'm sure we'll get into all of it.
1: Let's start with the lead story here, and that of course is Zach Wilson. Everything that could go wrong went wrong In the first half. It wasn't all Zach Wilson's fault. In fact, I'd argue Most of it was the offensive line's fault He was under duress all day Especially in the first half. He did have That one really bad interception That's going to happen with rookies where he's going to make some Bad decisions, but he had some really Nice throws. A couple of them should have been caught But weren't. The ones that stick out in my Head were Corey Davis and Elijah Moore early on. And then in the second Half, Zach Wilson, who got Pounded in the first half, really Stood in there he was tough he made Some really nice throws that one to Denzel Mims the one to Braxton Berrios Those stick out of course the Touchdown passes to Corey Davis and surprisingly enough, despite the fact that the Jets were down 16-0 and looked like they weren't going to be able to score if he gave them 25 quarters, were within one score with a couple of minutes to go in the third quarter. So the game was on the table at a certain point. And I thought overall, even though he had his bumpy moments, for the most part, given the circumstances, especially how poor the offensive line played, Zach Wilson had a pretty solid day considering that it was a first game for a rookie quarterback back
0: well and considering that he got absolutely pounded Mm -hmm. and everything that could have rattled him early happened Mm -hmm. and he didn't seem to be super rattled at any point and I will give him credit for that the interception he took ownership for he said he saw the linebacker there um, and just made a bad throw he needed to get it higher didn't get it high enough the guy got a finger on it Shaq Thompson brought it down Returned it for, I think, 29 yards down to the Jets 32. Um, and that did, that, that play did kind of change the course of the game because it started this stretch where the Panthers went on, you know, three consecutive drives where they scored to end the first half. The two touchdowns, the, the Darnold run, the Darnold throw to Robbie Anderson, and the field goal right after that interception. And that was the difference in this game. But um, overall, the, what you saw from Zach Wilson in the second half was a lot of toughness. Uh, a guy who knew he was going to get hit and still stepped up and made the throws, especially the throw you were talking about to Mims. That one, he he stepped into the hit in the middle of the field, got mm-hmm. drilled and unleashed a really nice throw to Mims that got them into scoring position. And then right after that, he took another huge hit where he stayed down on the, on the ground for a little while and admitted to us later that he felt like he got hit by a truck for a second. <laughs> um, and, and then collected himself and threw the touchdown to Corey Davis. So that's really good, really impressive. And that's what you want to see. But like he cannot be taking these kinds of hits and expect him to play a full season. I mean, it's just not, it's not going to happen and, and he's not going to develop the way he needs to develop if he's taking this kind of punishment. And and to me, so it's a very mixed bag. Like, you should feel really good about his potential and his skill and the way he was able to avoid a lot of the hits. Cause it could have been even more than six sacks so that. That was good and, and impressive, but this cannot be the norm because he will not make it through the, the rest of this month, let alone the season. He's getting hit like this every day and he's not at some point it will get to him because he's a human being and, and you just don't want to get hit like that as a human being. So, Um, it, it needs, they need to figure out how to better protect them. I think some of that will happen naturally with the offensive line, getting more time to play together. But, um, what we saw today in terms of protection is too much like what we've seen over the last three years with this team and longer. Um, and it's, it can't be the way it is going forward. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
1: Andy, what was concerning to me was not only did Zach Wilson suffer double-digit quarterback hits and, as you said, took six sacks, but... The offensive line was getting zero push In the running game as well The Jets couldn't do anything yeah. running the ball It was very clear that Mike LaFleur was stubborn He just kept going back to that well And it wasn't working and it wasn't working And he wanted to bully the Carolina Panthers And he just couldn't do it And he kept sticking with it and sticking with it Until it appeared to be too late Although, again, the other option was to have Zach Wilson drop back a thousand times And maybe get murdered So that wasn't a great option either And this is all very Concerning because we had talked all offseason about how the offensive line wasn't going to be one of the best in the league, but it should be much improved. And granted, we've got 16 weeks to go and it's going to take some time for some of the newer pieces to gel With the older pieces, but there are some definite areas of worry here. I want to know why George Fant was in the starting lineup over Morgan Moses. You've got the injury to Makai Becton, we'll get back to that when we talk about the injuries. But overall, the offensive line was about as bad as you can be in every aspect of the football game today. And if you're a Jets fan, That's something you need to see a huge improvement in over the course of the season for you to be optimistic about this team. Because as you said, Andy, not only are they not going to be able to run the ball if they don't pick it up, but how much longer is Zach Wilson going to be able to withstand this? If he gets hit like that on a weekly basis, at some point we're going to see Mike White.
0: Yeah. I mean, the kid in his first postgame press conference said, you know, it's not that bad. It's got a little whiplash. And that he felt like he got hit by a truck at one point. I mean, and that's game (laughs) one. That's I'm sorry, like that's not good enough. And I know, you know, the fans get on the jet speed about being negative, and you know, we're too negative, and we just honestly we don't want to cover a terrible team, but we we just report what we see. And the offensive line looked like it was going to be a problem area during training camp, and it was (laughs) like it. Happened because this isn't like a huge shot, it's been a struggle for this group against anytime they practice against another team. They were letting up a ton of pressure on Zach Wilson. Uh, he obviously wasn't getting hit then because it was practice, but and and you know, yes, they were better in the preseason games, they're going up against second teamers. So we saw today something that was somewhat predictable, and you know, Connor McGovern said that this we just didn't do a good job of handling blitzes and we're going to get better. It's just, we didn't execute well enough. We knew it was coming to me. That's almost more concerning because they knew these blitzes were coming, but they they weren't, it wasn't just the blitzes. I mean, a lot of times they were just bringing four men and they didn't have an answer. They were getting beat. So, um, you know, I think part of the issue was chemistry because these guys, it's it's a lot like last year where they didn't have a chance to really work together in the preseason. Um, But, you, they have to figure it out like right now, and it, it's not going to be easier next week because you're going up against Bill Belichick, and we know he likes to have something for rookies. We saw what he did to Sam Donald a few years ago when things seemed to be going well for Donald, and then that was a wake-up call. They, they better get on their, their P's and Q's really quick here and figure something out so that this kid isn't getting drilled every play.
1: Andy, let's talk a little bit about the weapons. It's funny because in the offseason and throughout camp, we mentioned how this had potential to be the deepest wide receiver core the Jets have had since Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker were here in 2015 and 2016 with a young and emerging Quincy and Nunwa. And then, of course, Keelan Cole ends up getting hurt. He doesn't play today. Jamison Crowder on the COVID list, so he doesn't play. And now you're looking at Elijah Moore along with Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. Now, I don't know what Denzel Mims did to somebody on the coaching staff's spouse or something, but for some reason, he just could not get on the field. I believe he got like three snaps, had that one catch for 40 yards. I'm really hoping that he's able to get more snaps in future weeks. I can't imagine he was that bad in practice that he couldn't get more reps, especially when his competition was guys like Jeff Smith. Braxton Berrios did pretty well in a relief role, and Corey Davis, other than that one drop pass I referenced before – was as good as advertised. Two touchdowns, almost 100 yards receiving. He's exactly what you would have wanted him to be. Even beat J.C. Horn on a play, which look, J.C. Horn's a rookie, but still J.C. Horn, one of the most talented cornerbacks in all the country last year. So overall, we saw with the passing game, the potential for more once we see Cole and Crowder as a part of the passing game. But I do hope that Elijah Moore is able to step it up a little bit as time wears on. He is a rookie. It was his first game. He did have that drop, but we know what he was able to do at All Miss. We know what he was able to do throughout training camp, and so there are high hopes for him going forward. And then the running backs, like I said, you got to blame a lot of it on the offensive line, but these running backs were just not able to do much of anything. So on top of the offensive line problems – you had a couple of guys that were able to produce in the passing game. We even saw a little bit from the tight ends. But the running game did next to nothing, and that ties back to the offensive line problem.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the, the whole offense was just out of rhythm because Wilson was under so much pressure. So that makes it harder for the running backs. And I think LaFleur got a little predictable. I mean, there's so many times on first down we, where you knew, we all knew he was going to run the ball, and so did the Carolina defense. And I think that hurt them. A little bit too he did a better job in the second half of kind of mixing it up um and had some nice runs there that kind of caught the panthers by surprise and you can see where it might work in the system but it just i mean their game plan was clearly to establish the run early and work off of it and they were never able to do it um and they weren't able to adjust quick enough to get themselves back into the game and that that's really i think they did make the adjustments, which is something that maybe we didn't see in previous years, so I'll give them credit for that. But it wasn't quick enough, uh, and, it, and it didn't get the job done, and it, and it hurt them today. Uh, and I don't know if it's on the running backs as much. I think it's on the offensive line because I think you saw there was potential there. But, yeah, it was, just, it was just a rough day from that standpoint. And then with Elijah Moore, I would say like that drop, yeah, I guess technically it's a drop, but it was a tough play. Uh, you would like him to pull it down because it might have changed the game because the Jets hadn't been like deep in Carolina Panthers territory until that point. I don't think they got past the 40 until pretty late in the third quarter when they had that first touchdown drive. Um, So to have that play early in the game would have been big for more, but he's got a learning curve. The guy didn't play at all in the preseason. He's got to learn and adjust. And I think he'll be fine. I mean, I think you saw some of the potential there, but, yeah, he just didn't have much of an impact today. And that, I'm sure, was disappointing. But it's going to be a different story when he's not one of the two main options on the field. When you're mixing Crowder in there, when you're mixing Cole in there, uh, I think that actually really hurt the Jets today. And they figured out how to be productive. It wasn't a total loss. They didn't, it wasn't like last year where, you know, they, they got 100, 180 yards of offense and, and never. Look like they could score. They, they started the game looking like they could never score, and then they found a way to do it and and give them credit for that. But in the end, it wasn't enough uh, for them to get the job done, and we're going to have to see if they can adjust and, and, and do better next week.
1: Like you said, Andy, it really was like a tale of two halves. There were some nice adjustments by the Jets coaching staff, which, of course, you didn't typically see during the Adam Gase era. In fact, you didn't see it all, really. And so you look at the fact that the Panthers were up 16 to nothing at the half, and then the Jets. Went on a 14-3 run in the second half. As you said, not enough, but an encouraging sign. And I thought that the adjustments that Jeff Olbrick made were even stronger than the adjustments that were made on the offensive side of the ball. And in fact, Robert Sala threw a lot of praise on Jeff Ulbrich in the postgame press conference, which we'll get to in a little bit. Three points. Sam Darnold really did not do much at all in the second half. He did all his damage in the first half. As you said to me before we start recording, Darnold was Darnold. He was darnled with weapons today, so you saw some bad. He missed what could have been potential touchdowns or big gains. He had some nice, easy throws. He had a couple of really good throws that went to d j Moore where Moore made that fantastic play is one example. And so it was enough for the Panthers to be able to get by. Robbie Anderson getting the touchdown pass. So the Darnold-Anderson connection here in a lot of ways ends up being the deciding factor because without that touchdown, the Jets would have had enough points to win. On the defensive side of the ball for the Jets, they didn't get a whole lot of pressure on Darnold in the first half. In the second half, that started to change. John Franklin Myers, the biggest reason why he had himself a sack and was all over the place. And I really think that the Jets were impressive on the defensive side of the ball when you consider the fact that they game-planned to have Carl Lawson for most of training camp and the preseason, and then he ends up getting hurt, so their big gun in the pass rush is gone. LaMarcus Joyner leaves at one point, and we'll get back to him when we talk about the injuries. And there were a lot of guys here that were rookies that were starting, that were very untested. And yeah, there were plays that were given up, no question. We saw it throughout the game. As I mentioned, the Robbie Anderson play, DJ Moore made a fantastic play. Although, I will say Javelin Gidgery had good coverage on that. It was just that DJ Moore made a play that was practically indefensible. And Christian McCaffrey was all over the field, but he's Christian McCaffrey. The guy had almost 200 yards of all purpose offense. And that, by the way, accounted for a lot of what Darnold did in the passing game as well. But. As you said to me before we start recording, you've got to be a good to very good defense to even have a chance to stop Christian McCaffrey. The Jets aren't quite at that level, but they did do a better job with him late in the game. And so when you look at it in total, considering what the Jets have, I think that what you saw out of Albrick and Salah showed that the Jets should be able to at least be competitive throughout the year on defense despite a lack of stars at certain key spots. And once they start filling those key spots with better players, the future could look very bright for this unit over the long haul.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, let's just say it for what it is, and I probably will upset someone by saying this, but, like, the Jets had to play most of the game with a guy named Sheldrick Redwine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you know who Sheldrick Redwine was a week ago? Red Red
1: Redwine, yeah. Great song by UB40, but I didn't know anything about the player.
0: Yeah, and there was a guy <laughs> – um, again, it's going to sound like I'm not doing my job, but I, I did not know who he was because he was signed late in the week to the active roster, and I still can't remember his name. And he was on the field at safety for them after they benched Redwine because he let he decided not to run when Robbie Anderson was sprinting at him, and he beat him for a touchdown. Like, there's a safety who was in the game for most of the game that I had not hear of before today. So um, – I don't know if you want to look up his name, Scott. but <laughs> I, I, I mean, that really happened.
1: Adrian so, Colbert.
0: Yes. That's who it was. Adrian Colbert. Uh, and I don't even feel bad about saying that because it just kind of shows where the jets are at right now. And this is because Sherrod Niesman, not exactly a household name right. was injured and, and couldn't be on the, uh, you know, ready for game day. He was inactive because, because he missed the week of practice after getting hurt the week before. So, um, you know, Tell Sean Phillips at linebacker after Jamie and Sherwin got, got hurt. I mean, there were some guys out there that you would have not heard of, have not seen. And yet, the Jets, after giving up three straight touchdowns or three straight scores, a field goal and two touchdowns, and the first half, really didn't let the Panthers do anything after that. And, you know, I saw some mentions or some stuff on Twitter saying, like, this is why Sam Donald should still be the quarterback of the Jets in the first half. I mean, Sam Donald was a no-show in the second half. The Jets were able to pretty much make him a non-factor because they were able to put pressure on him. I think they ended the game with 10 quarterback hits or eight, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Um, It it just was the same thing that we've seen from Darnold all along. A a really strong start, but he just never was able to put it together in a way that, like... The the Panthers won the game because the clock ran out. It wasn't like they struck a decisive blow... Mm -hmm late to take control or something like that. Like, Darnold never delivered that play. If anything, I thought Zach Wilson had more plays to give himself and his team a chance to win this game when it mattered. Uh, And and Darnold was kind of a non-factor when it was winning time. I mean, he did enough to get the the job done. He had a a good game, and his, his numbers were okay. But I just didn't see anything that makes you scream Sam Darnold has turned the page or showed us something that he hadn't showed us before. I mean, he's going up against cornerbacks who have no experience, uh, uh, defensive linemen, I'm sorry, defensive backs that we've never heard of. And he wasn't able to have a great performance or seize control of the game. So I I just wasn't overly impressed by what we saw from Sam Donald today. I didn't think it looked much different than what we saw with the Jets. Um, But when you're able to dump the ball off to – Christian McCaffrey a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and get a bunch of yards. It helps a ton. And and that's why the Panthers won this game because overall they're, they're more talented than the jets in in a number of ways. And and they were able to lean on that today and do enough to get a, get a win in a, uh, in a gritty game. So that that's kind of all my takeaways on that. But I thought the defense did really well, all things considered. I thought the cornerbacks didn't make really any glaring mistakes. Uh, The big mistake was made by Redwine on the deep ball to Robbie Anderson. Uh, And it may have been the difference in this game Uh, in the end. I mean, it was on the scoreboard that that ended up being the difference. And uh, you just can't let Robbie Anderson run by you when when you're playing safety. I mean, that's kind of an inexcusable mistake. So uh, I don't know what it'll mean for his future going forward, but it probably is not a good thing.
1: Andy, last thing I wanted to touch on before we get to the injuries and what went on in the locker room after the game. Matt Amendola, my goodness, this guy forced into punting duty as the place kicker when Braden Mann got hurt early in the game. And he was awesome. Six punts for almost 300 yards. If Braden Mann doesn't watch out and get back pretty quickly, Amendola might take his job. And then you could be looking at saving a roster spot by having him as the punter and the kicker. All seriousness, though, he did a really good job filling in for Braden Mann today. It was an unexpected positive. Not that it made an enormous difference, but it was nice to see.
0: I mean, that easily could have been a disaster for this mm-hmm. team because um, they had to punt a lot early. hmm and and he was a gamer. I mean, right away, Matt Rule smartly makes them re-kick after man got hurt to, to put them in a tough spot. And, and Amendola, his first time on the field other than the kickoff, delivers a, a 50-yard punt. On the next series, they punt. He, he I think he hit it about 50 yards. Got they, There was another penalty, so they made him re-kick it, and then he booms a 65-yard punt. I mean, that's incredible uh, and and as it turns out the guy punted six times today he kicked off you know probably four times three times and still hasn't attempted a field goal or an extra point in his first NFL season as a kicker so that is weird uh but definitely I mean if, if you're worried about that kid's mindset he clearly has something uh Robert Salas said he didn't there was no pale face. He just went in there and said, OK, I'll do it. And, and he did really well. So, yeah, that, that was pretty cool to see a pretty impressive performance and, and definitely a guy who stood out on a day where uh, the Jets needed more guys to stand out. But you, can't, you could not have asked for anything more from Matt Amendola. I mean, maybe you could ask him to tackle somebody like Braden Mann, but that would be <laughs> that'd be asking too much.
1: Yeah, come on. There's a limit to what's reasonable to ask of the poor kid, but he did a great job rising to the challenge. Let's talk about the injuries now, Andy. We know that Becton was the big one. LaMarcus Joyner went out. There were a couple of others. What's going on injury-wise? What do we know?
0: Yeah, so Becton was the big one. Robert Sala did not offer any information about any of the guys who were injured after the game, including Becton. NFL Network reported that Becton is believed to have an MCL sprain which would be a best-case scenario. Uh, it would mean he probably won't miss the entire season, probably be back sometime in the next month or two months. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It, there's there's wide-ranging. Depends on the severity of it. Um, he obviously looked like he was in a lot of pain, but it looked like that was probably the end of Makai Becton's season at the time when you had guys down praying on the field and, and looking really upset. Becton was upset. I know Morgan Moses went over to comfort him. Sala looked very concerned the fact that he was able to you know at least get up on his own and make it off the field before getting to the cart and then the news we heard later is encouraging so we're just gonna have to wait and see it's gonna be an MRI done and we'll have to see what it says but potentially encouraging news on that front Uh, some of the other injuries LaMarcus Joyner left early with an elbow injury and it was immediately ruled doubtful and then ruled out that that's not That's probably not good, but we'll have to wait and see because we didn't get any information. Um, Jamie and Sherwood left with an ankle injury early on and and did not return. So another linebacker injury for the Jets. And then another, uh, unfortunately, predictable injury. Blake Cashman left with a hamstring injury and did not return. Um, I don't – I'm not sure if there are any others. Salah – unlike Gase doesn't really give us a full rundown of the injuries after the game. Um, those were the ones he mentioned. He didn't even mention Sherwood. Um, so we're going to have to kind of wait and see to tomorrow what the deal is. But yeah, those, those were the main ones. And obviously Becton is the one that we're going to be uh, thinking about and concerned about.
1: Andy, after the game in the locker room, we heard from Connor McGovern, CJ Mosley, Corey Davis, Robert Sella and Zach Wilson. What did they all have to say?
0: Yeah, we'll start with Salah, And I think it was to me, he, he seemed a little different than the, you know, the optimistic, um, upbeat Sala. Now, he he was saying that this was a great learning experience and, and saying those things, but he just seemed a little more intense, a little bit more. I don't know, like maybe a little discouraged after, you know, seeing the scope of of where the Jets are at at this point. Um he said with Wilson that, you know, he showed how tough he is. He showed his resilience. And and I think, you know, that's great. Toughness is great. You know, resilience is great. But, like, Sam Donald was also pretty tough. I mean, he he played, you know, half of football after – or a drive after getting his shoulder – you know, spraining his shoulder. Uh, the, the Toughness doesn't really mean much if you can't stay on the field. So, like, they don't need Zach Wilson to be – it's nice that he can take a hit and it's nice that we know that now but they don't want that to be one of his defining traits uh, they need to give him a chance to do the other stuff um, with Wilson like I told you he, he talked about you know the punishment uh, and how it's part of being a quarterback and and how it's tough playing under duress for an entire game but that uh, in his words like you you can't complain about it being tough like nobody cares that's why I quarterback is a tough position you have you have to find a way to get it done and i'll give him credit for finding a way to get the jets back in the game and and coming back from a slow start he didn't say that there were nerves or anything like that i think that might have been a factor earlier being being amped up but i mean wilson said all the right things after he didn't blame his offensive line he acknowledged that that he took a lot of punishment um but he said that there was a lot to learn and grow from this game he talked about his interception like i said and and how he, he wasn't mad at the read, but he was mad at the throw and that next time he needs to either throw the ball higher or get to his check down and, and not make that kind of a throw. So good self-awareness from that standpoint. Um, and, and the kid is impressive. He did look a little worn down uh, and a little flushed after a, a long, tough day. But, but he said all the right things. And then Connor McGovern, um, he basically said that they need to do a better job of protecting Wilson, but that he feels like they can. It was just some mistakes of execution. Like I said before with the blitzers, they just, they weren't sharp enough. Um, So we'll, we'll see what that means going forward. It's a little bit concerning, Um, but he feels good about where the offensive line is at. We'll have to see what's up with that. Corey Davis straight up just said that we need to do a better job of protecting Zach Wilson. Um, what we saw today wasn't good enough and that his performance, although good, wasn't good enough. He was thinking about the opportunities he missed and, and everybody in the locker room feels the same way that, that this isn't who we are. We know we can play a whole lot better than that. So uh, it sounds like the jets locker room is motivated and maybe a little angry after the result they got today. And then CJ Mosley, uh, I thought the most interesting couple interesting things he said, first of all, on Zach Wilson, He just said number two is obviously going to win a lot of games for us, and just praised him for, you know, being willing to step up and take those hits and 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 for dealing with the adversity that he faced early and coming back and playing a strong game. And Mosley said that that he had a lot of respect for Wilson for that, and I think um, I don't think anybody who voted for Wilson as a captain is regretting their vote after what they saw today. And and C.J. Mosley, one of the most respected guys in the locker room, maybe the most respected back that up in a big way by his words, with his words. And then Mosley also said that just for him to be back on the field healthy for the first time in literally two years, it it was a great experience uh, just to be out there playing and and getting the experience to do that or the chance to do that, that that he was very grateful for it and that he enjoyed the opportunity. So, um, and obviously he played a key role with the defense looking as competent as it did today because, You know, Mosley gets the plays, makes the calls, puts these guys in in position, and and I'm sure lets them know what to be ready for and what to look for as he's seeing things from the offense in real time. I I would not dismiss his impact today in this performance from the defense uh, in terms of having them on the right page. So that's uh, basically everything from the locker room on a very interesting, uh, frustrating at times day for the Jets, but an interesting opener to the season. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do starting next week when they face the Patriots.
1: Andy Vasquez covering the jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on as always really appreciate it. You got a great write up right now of what went on during the game. And I know that you've got plenty planned for the rest of the week. And don't forget, by the way, six months for 99 cents, you can get it right now. NorthJersey.com gives you access to everything they have I'm not talking about $0.99 a month for six months. I mean $0.99 total for six months. So that's $0.15 a month. Great bargain. And Andy, when they go and sign up for the $0.99 for the next six months, they're going to start by reading your work, obviously, this week. What do they have in store for them?
0: Well, yeah, we'll have a full breakdown of the Jets' performance today against the Panthers. Everything I didn't get to in my main story, I'm going to – sit and watch the game again tonight you know I love watching the game it's gonna be great to go over that first half again I'm really looking forward to it but uh, no I'm just kidding but like yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a breakdown of that and, and all the kind of off the radar stuff that that we didn't get to today uh, and then starting on Tuesday we'll be looking ahead to the Patriots and the challenges that presents and, and what to expect from Zach Wilson what the offensive line can do to be better all of that and more. At NorthJersey.com. Please check it out and please uh, subscribe. Really would appreciate it.
1: Make sure that you subscribe right now. Great deal over at NorthJersey.com. 99 cents for six months So that works out to about 15 cents a month You get everything there All the great local journalism Including everything Andy's working on So sign up right now NorthJersey.com And check out everything that we're doing Over at PlayLikeAJet.com And the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel Luke Grant is getting ready Some great videos for the rest of the week So go ahead and subscribe If you haven't already Because we're getting very close To 1,000 subscribers We've only had the channel up For a couple of months So really glad that you've liked The content that we've been been doing And mostly it's been Luke And his content has been fantastic Check out him and Clayton Smarslock, by the way, Wednesday nights with You Stadium as well for Play Like a Jet Live, and if you haven't given Us a five-star review for the podcast On iTunes yet, if you can go ahead and do that For us, we really appreciate it Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out, so if you could go Ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets Podcasts and content, you know where to go that's Play like a Jet
0: Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.